0: Tim, welcome to episode 18 of the Stats and Matter podcast. We're finally old enough to vote, buy lottery tickets, smoke celebratory cigars, even look at those magazines that have the covers in front of them that are not for little kids. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball postseason, which, I mean, I didn't think we were ever going to get here. You were pretty sure that the season wasn't going to go through, and here we are. Uh, The NHL postseason and the NBA postseason. We said the C's were going to go pretty far, and here they are. They're knock, knock, knocking on Fighting for Larry Brown's championship trophy door. Uh, we want to thank all of you guys for supporting the Stats of Matter Podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Stitcher, Google, and Spotify. Go ahead and follow us on all the social medias, Stats Podcast on Twitter and at Stats of Matter on IG. Now let's get into the show. So Tim, we didn't have baseball in the bubble when this whole thing started. Uh traveling back and forth was probably a pretty risky thing. And now we're gonna get baseball in the bubble. Uh Liz Rosher of Yahoo Sports writes that after a three game wild card series matchups with the 16 team field now down to eight, that the three ensuing rounds are gonna take place in bubbles. Mm-hmm. Uh the AL will play in Southern California, either San Diego's Petco Park or Los Angeles Daughter Stadium, and the National League will be based in Texas at Houston's Minute Maid Park or Rangers Globe Life Field. Um Astros punishment tour just keeps continuing. It's just so unreal to me. Like not only did they not lose as much as other teams, but sure you get to host the postseason. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Rob Manfred, <laughs> you're really, really laying the smack down on them. Yeah. Uh, Dodger stadium in Los Angeles is going to host the ALDS between the winners of the number two seed and number seven seed matchup and the number three seed, number six seed matchup. Um, I think we all know who's going to be playing in that game and it's going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers in their home stadium in the a bubble, but there's already been talk just about some of these other bubbles about how there might be some fans in the stands or, you know, close family from family members and friends. And we're not, don't, don't tell us that it's a bubble when it's not hmm. just say that you're following the state guidelines. And, and that's what it's going to be like. Oh my goodness. Echo parks going to host the ALS winners between number one seed, and number eight matchup and the number four and number five seed matchup. And it's also going to host the ALCS. Uh, the Cheatersville, and Minute Maid Park in Houston, is going to host the NLDS between the winners of number two and number seven seed matchup, and the number three and number six seed matchup. And of course, in Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, they're going to host the NLDS between the one and eight and the four and five. It will also host the NLCS and the World Series. So even if you're in the West Coast, Best Coast, and you win and you make it to the series, you are going to have to travel. Is that an added risk? Yes. Is it a real risk? At this point in the season, with as many thousands of COVID tests as we've probably given out, I don't think think so necessarily. Now, if there's a World Series Game 7, which, to be honest, I would love to see. Mm -hmm. Seeing as we were never going to make it this far with 60-some-odd games, all the labor lockouts, the fleecing of the minor leagues, if there is going to be a World Series Game 7, it would be played on October 28th, two days before Halloween. You know, the holiday where we all dress up and wear masks and we should not politicize it this year. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm just thinking th- this would be good for a series team to go to seven. We we are pretty much, I'm not saying we're thinking that the Dodgers are going to make it, but I'm I'm thinking the Dodgers have enough firepower to really sleep through the first couple of rounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, the playoff picture seems crazy just in general. Um, the fact that the Red Stocks are still part of the conversation and now we're just talking about where their seating lies kind of blows my mind because they've been terrible um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think this is at at the end of all this i think it's going to come down to dodgers doing their thing i think they're going to be long into the conversation um i would love to see houston not but they seem to be putting their selves together. The Marlins are making a little bit of a move. They're only two and a half games back. So that might be kind of a fun one to watch. Um, this is probably the least I followed baseball just because of sort of the chaos of, of the season and how bad the Red Sox have been. Um, yeah, but I think a Marlins back in, cause I sort of wrote them off a while ago. Them getting back in and anybody who will beat Houston. Uh, I'm not counting on the on the Sox going very far so I'm all in on Dodgers for the remainder of the uh, the postseason unless the unless the Sox turn it around a little bit.
0: Yeah, so so here are, here are the virtual locks for the playoff picture right now, okay? Yep. Uh White Sox 100% odds to make it. Rays 100%. Twins 100%. Athletics 100%. Those are going to be your top 4 seeds. Yep. Uh Yankees who have experienced a slump. They experienced a slump in a, in a 60 game <laughs> season, yep. they experienced a slump and then now their bats are coming alive again. Gosh, damn it. Uh, they have 99.9% chance Indians, 98.3, the blue Jays, 97.6 and the Astros somehow, you know, still at 97% after taking a whole bunch of balls being thrown at them this entire season. So yep. you got to give it up, I guess for, for their perseverance. Um, so the Red Sox need a lot of help. They need a lot of those teams to sort of stumble here, uh, in the next, you know, couple of weeks. And then they need to do a lot of winning baseball games, which has not been their forte, recently yeah so uh could it happen eh, small chance i think it's more like a snowball chance in hell yeah but we will see i think uh for, i think out of that out of the east
1: i think it's going to be yankees Rays. if i'm being honest west angels astros twin Sox, A's, indians i don't see the red. i don't see the socks making making enough moves to pull it out
0: nah sorry guys uh the virtual locks for the national league Dodgers, 100% obviously yep Slam Diego Padres, 100%, Braves, 100%, Cubs, 100%. Those are your top four, most likely, yeah. probably going to be. Uh, but then if you look at the race that's still alive in the NL, uh, Philly 76.7%, Marlins 72.2%, Cardinals just under 70%, Giants 516 Brewers are 47.1%, Reds 454 Rockies at 20% and the Mets. Like, just look how stacked the AL is when if you're not above 97%, Like there's not a chance you can make it, and the NL is like, oh, do you have a (laughs) pulse? Do you do you have a twenty percent chance to win? You may be entitled to postseason baseball. Like this is the worst baseball informational I've ever seen in my life. The Brewers squeaking in on a wild card is unreal. I mean, uh, and I and I. We in we inverse curse them because we yeah. said I don't think they're going to be able to recover from you know the pandemic. And way to go, Tim. We're just really what hurts most. still up there. What hurts most about this is uh, some of the Vegas
1: odds for NL MVP. Do you know who's leading? One of the two players leading that charge? No, Mookie Betts.
0: Oh. <laughs> like that's. Are you even making money at that point when you're betting on it? Like, uh, what's what's the return on that? Like, you got to spend like a thousand dollars to get like a hundred. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Um,
1: yeah. Brewers are 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 going to squeak in uh, with uh, maybe a projected like succeed ish. Um, maybe wild card to sneak in. So anytime your division and your playoff leaders include the Brewers, I think that's kind of an interesting season to raise a couple eyebrows because they're they haven't exactly been perennial contenders by any means yeah although i feel like yeah, that's, that in the modern era of craft beer i feel i still feel like the brewers are a really big missed opportunity <laughs> i feel like a marketing campaign is just completely oh, yeah. being missed there but a
0: hundred percent a hundred percent uh, Axios Sports had all, the, all that rating and, and, the, and the team breakdowns And, and look, the format for, for this postseason The first round is best of three Higher seed hosting Remaining rounds are their usual format But are going to be held at neutral sites Unless you're a Houston team And then it are probably held at your home site uh, To avoid the nightmare scenario Axios Sports writes Of an outbreak during the playoffs The four-city postseason bubble will include Daily player testing And a limited number of family members Pending a supervised quarantine uh, we will we will keep you posted on that. But I, I don't think even at this point, if there was like three positive COVID-19 tests, postseason baseball is not being stopped. It is the juggernaut. It is out of the gate now. And we are going to be here for it, whether we like it or not. So that's uh, the MLB postseason picture. We got to get into the NBA. Now, look, we've been saying on this podcast for a while that, that the Celtics have a, a lot of talent, but quizzically they're not really showing up in games where it counts. And we challenged Brad Stevens. We said, we need one of those statement wins. I wanted it to come in game six of the last season. I mean, the last series against the Raptors, but you know, Brad Stevens felt we'll keep it for game seven. Uh, that was a great game. It was very, very, very stressful. And uh, they beat the Raptors. So now they face the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Game one of that was Tuesday night and the Celtics led. Then they were behind and then they lost by three points in OT. Uh, there was a absolute amazing block by Bam. I think his last name is Adeboyo. Um, and now like everyone on like the sports media, Twitter world is like saying, is this one of the greatest blocks of like all time? Like, but hold on a second. <laughs> all right. Like when, when you put that poll out and of the four pictures, LeBron is in two of them. Don't, don't throw up a sacrificial lamb. Like, you know, Tatum went for the for the dunk there. He kind of went for a poster, and he got reverse postered. That that's a that's a lesson you got to learn. You should have gone for two there, instead of trying to dunk and you know make a statement on that. Yeah. But uh, th- this series is going to seven. Yeah, I I think it's one of those like we just can't
1: seem to win games in an easy fashion, which you kind of expect in playoffs. But how many in, in the last week we've seen two playoff. Uh, games of theirs going to overtime with some last minute plays that come down to either a really good defensive stop or in last week's case where we put it in the hands of the ref who blew it and then we went on to lose that game as well. Um, It's tough to watch them early on dominate a team and then cough up a 15 point lead (laughs) and then play them close or from behind for the rest of the game. Um, I'm okay with him going up for that dunk. I mean, it's a relatively high percentage play. He does do that relatively often enough. I think that was just a phenomenal defensive play to stop that. Um, it, it's it's frustrating to watch. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I want to say it was frustrating to watch, but again, this whole time we've been looking at it almost as a team of underachievers because Gordon's out and, you know, realistically the whole time you've been rooting for this team i have said i like when we have guys out there who aren't like big marquee players unfortunately now they've become like there's no way to say tatum is not marcus smart is being talked about pretty much every day now Yep, Uh, kemba walker obviously another guy who is a marquee player but uh you know isaiah's not there gordon's always injured so I tend to like these teams, and they come out and they play really, really well on both sides of the ball to see them play this closely to a team like the heat, which you thought might've been an easier game. Uh, that's a little frustrating. I'm in for basketball for playoff basketball. I don't watch much during the regular season. We kind of talked about that as we were leading up to the postseasons. seasons, but um, I mean, we delayed recording our first episode to watch that game. And then I stayed up to watch the tail end of the second game and watch the Clippers get, smoked um
0: but i can't wait to talk about him in like (laughs) t minus 15 seconds it's gonna be so great yeah yeah uh i'm 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 okay with the last play unfortunately
1: they let it slip quite a bit we still had a good look he stumbled got up and still almost had a chance to tie it um you want to see him close it out and kind of keep that hammer down they get a little sloppy turn the ball over a little bit but uh tough tough way to lose a game with a you got you got posterized in a blocking yeah. fashion, which is really hard to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I would have rather had the, the Kawhi middle finger block, you know, to to lose that game. That, that would have made more sense. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in the opening round. Uh, but look, the heat have talent. And I think that they've, they've largely sort of gone underneath the surface when a lot of the national media has been more focused towards the big market team. So what we're seeing now is the team that we probably should have been paying attention to all yeah. season, right? Like, they, for whatever reason Miami is now one of those middle of the pack sports teams yep. cities when when you can really say it hasn't been that way for a long time you know arguably the early 2000s so now we're back you have some good veteran talent on that team everyone's holding themselves accountable but then of course like it does help that Kemba Walker went 1 from 9 from 3 yeah <laughs> especially when in the waning moments you you know you give you give him the ball and he's and he's dribbling so much that even Doris Burke on on the broadcast is like what are you doing here like why why haven't you taken a shot yet that's pretty bad you know if you've been dribbling that long like bro we know you can dribble like take the shot and then you take the shot and you miss it you're like all right maybe don't take the shot (laughs) look the series the series is going to go to seven for sure um i am a little bit worried you know crowder who used to play for the celtics does play for the heat does he know how to get in everyone's head Maybe, maybe not. He and Marcus Smart were a little chippy there the other night. There's no love lost there. Um, but the, the Heat looked like a retooled team who's ready to just go as as far as their bodies will take them. And what I mean by that is they're playing with, with house money at this point. If they make it far, great. If yep. they don't, great. I mean, they've been playing upset. Similar to the other team we got to talk about here who played spoilers to the Clippers, the Denver Oof. Nuggets. Uh, game seven happened, Nuggets-Clippers, and that happened because load management isn't just something that the Clippers do, it's what they do. And uh, unbelievably, Denver didn't go away, and uh, I, I think we kind of look like geniuses right now for calling out what, what you're going to see next season. A very loaded Western Conference that's going to get a retooled Warriors team back, a healthy retooled Warriors team, mm-hmm. and now a team in Denver that's been gelling for the past three to four years, and they're saying why have you guys forgot about us? Like the amount of trash talk that the Clippers put up the amount of importance that the national media put on the Clippers winning this series. So we could get the Clippers Lakers conference finals. I mean, I am a little upset because I'm so naive. I bit, I bit hard into that apple. I was like, Oh, it's going to be LALA in the conference finals. That's it. Even when they were up three, one, I was like, there's no way. And then nuggets started coming back. And yep. then they did exactly what 4% of America who was interviewed thought they were going to do. 96% of the national sports consensus was like, there's no way Clippers are winning this series. And the Denver Nuggets Twitter is not letting those people forget about it. And it is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you put a bad take out there and then the team that you say won't lose game seven loses game seven, you need to be, you need to, you know, say what you got to do for your job, you know, put the, put the reporting out there. And then you need to go ahead and throw yourself on the funeral pyre before team social media roast the hell out of you. uh,
1: You're seeing sort of the rise of Jamal Murray, uh, who I didn't come from relative obscurity, but he wasn't exactly in the forefront of everybody's mind. And he is literally just putting the whole team on his back. He's over 500 for his field goal. He's uh, his, uh, his field goal percentage. So like he's making all of his shots, he's almost at 500 for three point attempts. Like that man is just charging through teams. Um, I in the same boat as everybody else was rooting for, uh, a LA LA playoff match, but, and I kind of sold the nuggets short early. I had said, if, you know, they went on, I would lose interest, but that one player seems to be driving my interest to, to pay enough attention because when you look at, you know, the NBA film recap of this season and it gets into the playoffs, that's going to be the major highlight. This guy who's putting up like LeBron MJ style numbers or better in some of their games is literally carrying them through uh, most of this playoff. I mean, his supporting staff is all doing well as well. Gary Harris has uh, is making more than half of his shots as well so it's not like the team's struggling in by any means um across the board everybody's shooting well so he does have a good supporting staff but he's doing what you thought lebron james was going to do every time he's in the playoffs where he's the guy carrying the team and now it seems anthony davis on the other side is uh, for the lakers seems to be doing most of the carrying on that side Uh, but to have it come from a guy that Everybody kind of knew who he was, but not to this level, not to kind of come out and hit the ground running. Yeah. This speaks a little bit towards the weird season where everything shortened. So you have some guys who are coming out and playing at a higher level than they may have previously because they're, uh, it's a short schedule. Everybody's healthier, which made some of this Clippers load management conversation very strange because everybody should have been well-rested. You haven't even played half of what a regular season would be um kind of makes me question some of Kawhi's motivation or who it was that decided to have him you know bother with any sort of load management you don't see that same conversation across any other teams and this comes down to just a choke on their end like that was a bad oh yeah bad game oh yeah so at what point do you have to start looking at it you can't look at Kawhi and say hey we got. It's time to kind of hold you responsible because he is just coming off of a championship year, and it's his first season with a new team. But it didn't seem it didn't seem like there was any sort of leadership urgency. It was like, yeah, yeah, I want to make sure I'm healthy for when my time comes, and that time never came. He would, he wasn't doing very well the entire time he was playing anyway. So to then sit back and say, well, oh, we got to load manage players didn't didn't vibe well for me um glad the nuggets won only in that it kind of proves that that rest model isn't very effective if yeah you can't produce when you're on the court uh, hopefully that kind of ends that conversation cuz man it's tired of it talking won't. about it but
0: it, it won't <laughs> especially with this this season being condensed and another one kind of you know starting in December here yep. um Look, we say all the time stats that matter, but here are some stats that may may not matter to anyone, but Clippers front office staff and need to be paying attention to this. Uh, again, from Axios Sports, Doc Rivers now has eight Game 7 losses. No other coach in the NBA has more than five, and he has the most blown three-to-one leads, three of them. He has three in NBA history. Uh, the Nuggets outscored the Clippers 50-28 to 28 over the final 22 minutes, in which was the third straight game that... The Clippers really just looked like a sleep at the wheel. I, I don't understand how you can talk so much trash, how you can put all the social media, the billboards, everything up there and not come to play when it counts. Load management gets you through the season. It doesn't get you through the postseason. It's not supposed to be that, right? Or unless I missed that. If load management is you just deciding to play whenever you want, then it's not load management. Mm-hmm. It's called earned player privilege <laughs> yeah. and you know everyone wants to talk about LeBron how LeBron might not play a lot of minutes but the, the reality is LeBron is probably at a, at a point in his career where if he decides he wants to play 15 to 18 minutes of a game that the Lakers are going to blow out a team he's earned that right mm-hmm. has he not if it works for the coach and it works for the team go do it if you have all of these players and what was shocking to me was that they were all talking at the postgame conference all the Clippers players oh we don't have the chemistry what? How do you not have the chemistry? How did you not have the chemistry on any of your other teams? Yeah. That might be the question that you don't want to look in the mirror and answer for yourself. I mean, I like I said, if you go to a place and you know, you ask an informal, hey, give 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 a power rankings. One to one to ten, how arrogant do you think I am? And if most of your your teammates are like, mm, you probably like top three, but not number three, maybe you take a little look back there, right? Like the Rams in the NFL a couple of seasons ago when they went to the the Super Bowl. They're loaded with talent, coaches and players didn't win. Right? Sometimes there's something to be said about teams that gel together, which I think ultimately is what led the, the Clippers to fall against the Nuggets. Now, looking ahead, you gel on a LeBron team, or you're gone. So that doesn't whatever moral victory that Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic and um, and Murray had to get them to this point. You're going to need to actually show up and play Mm -hmm. right now. A lot of people probably, you know, they forgot. Oh, Murray had a couple 30, 40, 50 point games. Oh yeah. You're going to need a lot of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because when the nuggets played the Lakers, they lost all the games, except for the one that LeBron didn't play in. Well, guess what? You just went to game seven and LeBron's been waiting and game one starts for you tomorrow night at nine. And how many days of rest have you had compared to him? So you're, you're going to need I, – I do think that this series probably goes six games. I think that the, the Lakers, every series they've opened up by losing a game and then sweeping the next four. So I don't see that necessarily happening here. I think that the Nuggets have enough firepower to really make a statement <laughs> in a couple of those games, whether or not the whole team comes together and they gel and the calls because the, the the bubble refs have been terrible this year. So whether or not all that comes together, yeah. could, they, could they steal a couple games? yes, but I, I think ultimately it goes 4-2 Lakers. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably say
1: I'd say 4-2 is probably fair. I could see it going maybe 4-3 off of a couple big games for Murray, but I mean, it's not like the team performed exceptionally well. I mean... They did Murray, have to face three game sevens. Yeah, and, and Murray... <laughs> to, yeah. Oh, two game sevens. You know, just to in, in this last elimination game, or the, the, the last game against uh, the Clippers, Murray had 40, but the next closest guy to him had like 16, right? And those are with guys shooting 50%. Um, but some of their starters, some of their, their main guys were closer to like the 30% average. So um, there's there's a lot more work that has to be done by the bench to get past the team like the Lakers because you're not going against one superstar. You're going against two superstars in their supporting cast. Now, a lot of the conversations been made that there's really no third and fourth guy who's a staple there to really pick up a lot of the slack if something goes awry with either uh, with either Davis or LeBron but still Kuzma can put up some points when he needs to Uh, he's inconsistent but he can at least make some plays but you're going to be looking at at least you know on average 30 points from both Davis and LeBron, if not more than that. Like, it's not unheard yep. of for them to both go and put up 40 spots on you. So it's not like you're going to go up against the group of guys only putting up 12 to 15 points. It Unless everyone kind of steps it up and the output climbs dramatically against everybody, do you really run the risk of getting steamrolled? Now that we're here, and I know I was LA, LA throughout all this, it would be cool to see the Nuggets make it all the way into the finals and go up against a team like the Celtics because you don't have a lot of those big players. I think it will give Murray an opportunity to make a name for himself where he'll become part of the conversation going into the next season. The Celtics are already there with Tatum and Brown and, and those guys who are constantly in conversations now and becoming high-profile players. But at this particular point, they're still relatively like second, not second tier names, but they're not the driving force of the NBA. So it would be cool to see have a really good team in the, the Nuggets, or at least the team that's becoming really good up against a really good team in the Celtics and not have a lot of the big name, you know, back and forth, some of that weight to go there. I think that'd be a cool one. I could I could see myself watching if, if the Nuggets and Celtics made it. Could, I could see watching every one of those games.
0: And I also could see a scenario. Obviously, I mean, we sat on the pod, what, geez, 18 pods ago now. It seems like uh, uh, we we said, look, Lakers-Celtics is where we think it's going to be. And to be honest, I mean, uh, the the odds really are still in both of those teams' favor. They definitely yeah. have the most depth. They have good coaches. They've won when they've needed to win. Uh, and they've also had some scary moments, which I think like you have in, in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, like Kemba's not going to go one for nine every single night. Tatum and Brown, they're, they're going to find um, – You know, their rhythm again, Tice will continue to come back in and play meaningful minutes. So it would be great to see Nuggets and Celtics. Yeah. But, you know, in a year where we haven't had a lot of basketball, I am also here for a Nuggets heat final. I think that would be just super crazy because, you know, at some point when the superstar talent fades away from your team, what you have left is the foundation. You have the chemistry. You have those those teammates who have been, you know, through 500 seasons you know where they're barely above, you know, their winning percentage and and they learn and they get some grit from that. The Celtics really have and and I would argue to a point the Lakers now um have built upon something like that where you have that history and mm-hmm. you just you elevate your play a little bit more. For teams like Denver and the Clippers and the Raptors, like they all wanted to be the the next tier there. They all wanted to prove that they belonged. Uh if you're the Raptors, like we said last pod, you look like geniuses right now. You said we don't want to we don't, we don't want to fleece the farm to pay for Kawhi. And look, you both left in the same round. Mm-hmm. So like th- did you did you really get the championship because of Kawhi? Yeah, you, you know, that was turned on at the right time, but oh man, going forward, I think that team is still it's, it's still a little scary. So we, we will see what happens there, but I would I would like to see the Celtics ultimately make it. Yeah. And finally here, we're going to talk a little bit of playoff hockey. Obviously, the Boston Bruins no longer in it, but uh, things are looking a little bit clearer here since the the last time we talked about it. Look, in the Eastern Division, Tampa Bay Lightning are against the Islanders right now. Tampa Bay leads 3-2, to two, but the Islanders have played spoiler, uh, and they did win Game 5 of the series in OT 2-1. to one. Um, If you take a look, those damn Tampa Bay Lightning are just like that. They're, they're that team that you can't you can't ever put away for whatever reason. But I think what we've seen thus far in the postseason for them is that they're able to get some distance on their opponents, but still, I mean, you, you go and you win – the first two games, then you lose the second one. You win again, then you lose. Like That's just not a back and forth that I think you really necessarily want to be in. Uh, again, the Islanders are a team that's saying, look, no one really thought we were going to be here. Remember? It was supposed to be the Bruins. It was supposed to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was supposed to be some of these other high-profile teams, the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're not here anymore mm-hmm. like we are. Yep. So if you're an Islanders player, go ahead. Just all over all over the boards. Just give everything you possibly got in game six, which is tonight, uh, Thursday, uh, at 8 PM. And if you can win this game and you go to game seven, like, whoo, boy, just, I, I think the hockey world would probably be like, okay, I, I think we missed something here, which, which, you know, for the majority of this, you know, the season in, in the bubble, um, I mean, they've had fans that have come in and out now, too, after the, the quarantine was over, as has the NBA, and and no, no big testing flare-ups there yet. But I'm just saying, like, the teams that really have the grit and that want to go far are are making it. it. Like, there are some teams that definitely probably were hurt, definitely didn't mentally prepare themselves, but the Islanders don't seem to be one of those teams.
1: No, and they're one that we didn't talk about much, you know, going Oh, yeah. that's
0: the worst part. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the the Lightning is one of those teams that kinda I had said early on the Canadians and the Lightning were the two teams that I was the most concerned about facing if I were the Bruins. Obviously that came to fruition with the Lightning and they just, you know, wasn't even wasn't even all that close. It was kind of an ugly, uh an ugly series. Um but yeah, the Islanders. I'm I'm surprised to see them kind of carry on this th- this long. I think they're actually uh, the underdog odds wise going into this. Obviously, and they are making uh, a series out of it. Um, I'm okay knocking out the Flyers. I'm go- I'm good with that. Um, yep. I think Lightning is the Lightning is just a better team overall. Um, I think the division that we're that they come out of is just a stronger division as a whole um, I don't see it ending well for uh for the islanders they have they have been playing pretty well um but i don't I think this is the lightnings lightnings to lose,
0: yeah, I mean you gotta think too that the the islanders beat the caps and I mean their coach got fired after that, right, <laughs> so like I'm not saying the same thing is gonna happen here, but like they they also beat the Flyers in a successive round, and now they are attempting to stick around. So um, I, I can say, you know, for, from from that side of it, right, like maybe that's my bias as a New England sports fan and just not liking uh, any New York-related uh, sports teams just, you know, out of uh, a, a birth spite. But here they are. We'll see what happens ultimately, but they definitely snuck up. But if you want to talk about teams that snuck up that we didn't really talk about, we are doing ourselves a disservice by not going ahead and falling on the sword right now and apologizing to the Dallas stars for not giving them uh, any sort of credit uh, at all. Uh, beat the flames in the first round, beat the avalanche in the second round. And then check this out, Vegas golden Knights. What do you have? You got one win. Cause we, we won four to one that, that series, right? Like they came out in game one, one goal, Nothing from the Knights. Then the Knights came back and put three up, and they couldn't score, and it was just kind of an off night for them. Game three, they won an overtime 3-2. Game four, they won 2-1. to Game five, they won 3-2 to in OT again. If you're looking at a team that has the tenacity and the grit to go far in this season, Dallas might be one of those, like, sneaky cup contenders, really, here. I mean, like, they're already in the final. Most people probably didn't believe that they were really – going to go that far. And here they are. Uh, I think what's what's surprising to me is p- particularly where the Bruins have failed in OT and where the stars have like shined, it, particularly in this last series. Now, Vegas, we know, is only a couple years removed from just being built, right? So it's like they have a good consensus of team there. And you went to OT against them twice and you won both times. So when you look at the seven game series, you're going to have coming up for <laughs> the cup. Lord Stanley's cup. You, you don't necessarily want to go against a team that has OT wins on their resume. You would prefer that you have a team, maybe win one OT game, but you know, win a regular season game or sorry, like a regular series game, like three to two or five to four, something like that, or they lose by one goal because really, I think you can put your head around it a little bit more and just say, okay, they're going to play pretty hard during the game. But if we get one more goal in them, we should be able to, to squeak it out and hang on. Um, I'm looking at these two O T wins and I'm thinking to myself, this is not a team I want to tussle with and go to OT because I'm I don't I'm probably not gonna have the legs to go that far. And I don't think that's necessarily what you want in a team that you're gonna face in the Stanley Cup finals.
1: Yeah, I was I was disappointed, obviously. I was very much team Golden Knights. Uh I'm sad, I'm heartbroken. I got I lost the
0: inverse cursed again. <laughs> when we stand for a team, they lose. <laughs>
1: um I lost the Bruins one week, and then I lost the Golden Knights the next week. I'm feeling pretty heartbroken and down about these NHL playoffs. But, um, no, I mean, it was, it was a fun series. The Dallas stars is a team that I didn't give enough credit to still a little bit about Tyler Sagan going on. I know kind of stumbled a little bit going into the first few seasons when he was, uh, when he made that initial trade, uh, change, but, Kind of pulling it together. I think he's like third or fourth as, as far as their goal leaders this season. Um, it was all over the ice, kind of being a nuisance. Didn't didn't get any production at the tail end of the series. Didn't score a single one in the the OT win. But I gotta feel bad for this name is escaping me. But the defensive player who trying to clear the puck, swatted it out of bounds and ended up getting or out of the, uh, out of the ice ended up getting a penalty, uh, in overtime, which ultimately led to that. And you knew it was going to happen watching the game. You're like, oh, it, it, it's one of those scenarios where you had a feeling watching it. They couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. Um, pretty much the entire duration of the penalty was spent just deflecting shots and putting shots on goal. So, you knew it was going to happen. You feel bad for the guy. You saw him in line afterwards, kind of tearing up, and everyone kind of trying to rally around him. But, man, if you are going to contribute to your team's loss, I can't think of a worse way to do it than, than that. The poor guy.
0: We have seen a lot of sloppy postseason hockey play. I know definitely that was what led to, I think, the Bruins' demise uh, against the this damn Tampa Bay Lightning. But the the thing is, for whatever reason, this whole season – like. W- we've said maybe you put an asterisk on it or whatnot, but if you just really take a look at it, like you got to hand it to them for coming out, going to a whole nother country, playing sports for the majority of the first few rounds in a bubble. But then again, you also have to take a look at like you are where your numbers say you are. Mm-hmm. And we know that the seeding, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like stats, it, it didn't matter for this because you could be the number one seed, lose your first, you know, round robin games. And if you made it out of the first round as one of those lower teams, you could really jump up, you know, here and do whatever you need to do. I, I just, I think a sneaky, you know, a sneaky pick for, you know, those teams raising Lord Stanley's cup this year is going to be the stars. I, I think that whether or not, uh, Tampa Bay makes it, I think they could still give them a own for the money. But I mean, if you look at the games that have been played in this in this postseason so far. Like the stars have gone to six or seven games every time, and they've been victorious. Like that 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 builds a little bit of psychological weight behind what you put on the ice. That I, I'm just not sure that Tampa Bay can can continue to sustain. Uh, real quick, White
1: Cloud is the kid's name. Zach White Cloud thought about Zach it White as Cloud. literally as soon as I finished my take. I'm like, oh yeah yeah yeah. That poor. Poor kid. Shout um, out to Google. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's – I think in hockey, momentum is sort of a, a real driving focus more than any other sport because the games are low-scoring games. Uh, You tend to feed off of your teams when they're doing well. And when you tend to slide a little bit, the weight kind of piles up the more that goes on. um, I think – they've done enough to kind of get past some big name teams. like i i think a lot of people were rooting for the knights uh or the golden knights because you never heard much talk about the stars and to see them you know continue on just head down they're not in the press they're not out you know making a lot of noise in social media or anything like that so i think they're just slowly building on the momentum to come in lose a couple games but still pull it out in in sixth speaks a lot for just the the go-to-work mentality that I think they have. Um, got a little bit of extra rest going into it, too. That's going to help them a little bit. You wonder if that sort of curbs some of that momentum, if you are you have some extended time off between the games, because at this point, they won't play for another few days even now. But um, they were always, you know, years ago, they were always one of the the, the teams in the conversation in the postseason, the fact they sort of fell off and then just popped up out of nowhere, you then got to wonder again if this has to do with this weird shortened season or or whatnot. Because um, I do know guys like Sagan haven't really lived up to the expectation. He's been doing pretty well, but not to what you thought he was going to be when he jumped ship. You thought that was going to be their generational player, and that hasn't been there. But the fact that it's been a team effort, um, everybody's contributing when they are winning, um, I think I they definitely deserve to be here, but I, I don't think they're going to stack up well against the lightning. I think the lightning is just that one of those teams that just year in and year out are always in the conversation. They're beating really, really good teams. So it's not like they're just skating by. I mean, the Bruins, I don't know if I would classify as a really good team this postseason. They started off. yeah, not this and, postseason. Yeah, they started off rough. They did come back and they did play pretty well going into that uh, into that series, but again, just in general, the the path that the that Tampa had to take to get to where they are now, it's I I, I don't think the the same thing can be said about the Stars and their playoff run. So I think just talent wise, Lightning's just going to be too much. Uh, I I don't think this one makes it six games I'm going to go I'm going to go uh a 4-1 series.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Barring any significant uh,
1: injuries, I think this one might be a uh this one might heavily lean Tampa.
0: Yeah, so I will I'll go on the record and, and go against you on this one. Uh specifically stats don't matter, but records do cuz your record is what you are. Yep. Uh the 2016-2017-2018 season. The Stars, 11th, 10th and 6th in the West this year fifth they finished third the seeding round they won the first round of the flames against the flames 4 yep. to 2 they won the second round against the avalanche 4 to 3 they won the conference finals against golden knights 4 to 1 uh are you seeing a habit here are you seeing a pattern mm-hmm. uh what i will say is that dallas is a team that is going full send as the kids say right like they are, they have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain and i do not think that they're a team who should be taken lightly in I mean, they made it to the Stanley Cup, They're the first team there. And they're saying, hey, come on, next batter up yeah. or next skater up as it would be. But all right. That is the postseason that we have in a nutshell. Just going to give you a, just a quick overview. We went, you know, did MLB, NBA, NHL. Obviously, we're very, very uh, different in some of, our, some of our projections and some of our opinions. But. Tim, we did not think we were going to get postseason in almost any sports. And here we are. So I I do like that. You know, I mean, you know, raise the raise the alarm a little bit. And and as we are, we've now fully got back into sports and we're getting into a postseason. We know the MLB is going to keep the expanded postseason because most owners have told the commissioner they they like it. Um, I don't think necessarily that the, you know. The hockey <laughs> Stanley Cup playoffs will continue to go back to Canada every year. But right. I think for, for what has happened um, this season thus far, they, they have made it count. So pro- props to the players and the coaches for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely surprised they made it this far. I'll be curious to see what some of going into next season is going to look like with this sort of shortened offseason because of how short this was and uh, how everything kind of got pushed back a little bit. But like everyone else, you know, we all have our opinions on COVID and whether or not they should have played or shouldn't play But the fact they are
0: playing, if, if they're on, I'm watching. So that's where we're at. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, that does it for episode 18 of the Stats Unmatter Podcast. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, and we hope that next time we come at you, you know, we'll be recapping week two of the NFL and hopefully talking about the Celtics getting it right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.